This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Shiloh. Welcome to Spin Control. This is episode 40. It happened. In today's episode, I've got some knitting, a little bit of spinning, some sewing, of course, some future crafty plans, a little story about teenage transformation, and some answers to some questions I've received since last episode. But of course, we will start this all off with some updates. Now, today, I am going to record and edit this podcast relatively quickly, because I really need to get it published today. Today is February 27th, the day before the last day of the Flashback Sock knit-along. And if I don't record, edit, and publish today, then everything on all of the announcements for that will be completely out of date. So I need to get it done fast. So I finish my Flashback Socks. My monkey socks are done. I kitchenered the last toe yesterday, and that makes me super happy. And I've noticed that there are quite a few new photos of finished objects over on the Ravelry thread, and that makes me super happy. We still have about 36 hours from right now to get those photos published. I'm really not going to check on the board until sometime March 1st to start calculating for the drawing. And if you recall, everyone who posts a photo of their finished objects over there on the thread will be entered into a drawing to receive either their choice of a handmade sock project bag or Cookie A's Knit Sock Love Book. And that's all I've got on the Flashback Sock Cow. In other updates, I've got Carlin News. Carlin's trip home was horribly delayed. But finally, as of about Thursday of last week, I got an email from Louette with FedEx tracking information, and she should be home on March 1st, which is awesome, because I have some spinning plans that I don't think I can execute on my little spindle especially if I'm trying to spin up all those other samples. So Carlin will be home this week to come, and hopefully she comes back in one piece, and I can take her out of the box and spin directly. That'd be awesome. And that looks like it's all just about all I've got in updates. So I guess it's time to get this podcast started. This week in Spin a Tale, I have a little story about teenage transformation. Yes, it has happened. I didn't think it was going to. Well, I I figured it would, but I didn't know exactly when it was going to happen. But it's happened. It's here. My little 13-year-old is uh, showing real signs of her teenageness. And she's always been a very sweet, innocent, lovable little kid. And, you know, her hormones have been raging for quite some time. so, So that was pretty evident. However, the first real sign of her attitudinal mutation into a teenage girl really just reared its head this past week. So, she's on the basketball team. She's doing pretty well. It's her first year playing basketball, and she's enjoying it. And she's always been the kind of kid that really, really, really seeks to mom and dad for approval and, you know, praise, which is cool, which is totally fine with me. We're there to give it. But this past week, it was Thursday, I had gone to her basketball game, and I was sitting up in the stands and, you know, just hanging out, knitting on the monkey socks, chilling. After the game, on the way home, in the car, she asked me to not bring knitting to her games anymore. Can you believe that? She said, 
It's embarrassing, Mom. You talk to everybody about your knitting. I don't like it. Can you just stop bringing your knitting? It's hilarious. So that's it. She finally found something about her mom and dad that embarrasses her, and it's knitting. Of all things, it's been a part of my life and her life, what, for five years now? So since she was about, what, eight? And now she decides it's embarrassing that her mom knits at her ball games, and she's asked me to stop. There it is, folks. It's happened. My 13-year-old girl is finally starting to show teenage signs. And now it's on to spinning my wheels. And this week in my crafty life has been relatively productive, which is awesome. We all know I absolutely love that. So what have I gotten done? In knitting, the monkey socks are done. I already said that. I really enjoy the pattern. I totally like the yarn. They are sitting over on sock blockers next to me, waiting to have their photos taken. So I, as the host of the knit along, can be on time and post my photos to the thread like I want everybody else to do. That'd be good, wouldn't it? In addition, in knitting, I'm still kind of chugging along on that second lion neck cardigan. And I mean, it's not hard. It's just I had to put it down to, well, I put all my knitting down to focus on the monkey socks so that I could get those done in time. But now I'm back to it. I have, I think, three more rows until I'm done with the with the raglan increasing. And that, I'm actually working on that right now. So I should be able to get those three rows done and transition into the body today. I also have been planning that tank top. So I went to spin group last week and it's at uh, Notorious, the local yarn shop. And they did not have a linen yarn that made me happy. They didn't really have a cotton yarn that made me happy either. Since it wasn't that easy and convenient to just grab some linen or cotton yarn, I decided to call through my stash and see what I had on hand that would work. And the first thing I tried was some nylon tape. It's Barocco Glacé. I think that's how you pronounce it. And so I did a little swatch of that and tried that out. And I also swatched some Manos Cotton Strea in the color Grape, both of which I have enough yarn to execute the tank top. I washed and blocked those swatches yesterday. And I do not like the Glacé. It will not work for the tank top at all. It did not make me happy in the least. However, I think that the Manos is going to do the trick. The color is grape. It's more of a pinky purple than a purpley purple, but it's quite bright and joyful. And the fabric is softer and drapier. And I think it's just going to work out for that gathered front tank top a lot more than the other one would. So I still don't know what I'm going to do with that other yarn, but it made me happy to know that I could find something in my stash that was lingering that will do the trick. And if you haven't learned this by now, I have this really bad habit of buying stuff on sale. Unfortunately, I bought both those yarns on a super duper clearance sale when one of our local fabric shops was discontinuing carrying yarn, but I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do with the yarn. No projects in mind, but I have like over a thousand yards of the Manos, so I'll have no problems with enough yardage to do that tank top, and I'm glad I'm able to put that yarn to use. And that's really all I've got going on in knitting. I know now that I've got my monkey socks done, I need to pick up that last pair of club socks that I was working on. I really like the color of the yarn and I was totally enjoying the pattern until I got sidetracked by all that holiday knitting I was doing with the Christmas Conquest 2010. So those have been lingering and I really hope that I put them down at the end of a repeat so I won't have a hard time trying to figure out where I was on those. That will make me happy to get those socks done. 
Right now, I'm really surprised. I've actually finished a pair of socks every month so far this year, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't think I usually knit that fast on socks. So I finished the hand-spun socks in January, and then I finished the monkey socks in February, which is cool. And don't I forget think... to tell those women that when you're gone, I need care packages too. <laughs> Love you. That was Matt. He wanted me to let you all know that when I'm gone, he needs care packages too. He's silly. Anyway, where was I? Dang it, now he totally made me lose my place. Socks? Oh, knitting the monkey socks was like totally record time for me. I don't usually sit down and knit a pair of socks in 30 days, especially if I've got anything else going on, because they get distracted very easy and I'm kind of a slow knitter. We've discovered that, right? So anyway, that's where I am on that. In spinning, I got all of the five samples from last week's put my spin on it plied up and I will talk about that in the same manner this week but that was all done and that's really the only spinning I've, I mean that's quite a bit of focus because spindle spinning is a little slower and I can't just sit down and knock out you know half an ounce in a short amount of time but I did get that done in time and I got those the twist set on all of those samples and I'll talk about that a bit later in sewing I believe I have perfected that little DPN case that I was working on last week. I think snaps totally suck. Did I say that last week? I don't know. Snaps suck. However, I like the look of snaps better than I like the look of buttons. I put a button on the second sample, and I think I'm definitely going to have to do snaps on those cases. And if it comes down to it, just have to make the joyful boy do all the snaps for me. Or go down into, you know, his little workshop and see what tools he's got to make my life easier on that one. So as always, I have like a million future projects I need to get taken care of. And one thing that I keep forgetting about is that I want to make a pair of pajama pants for Camp Kip because I had this brilliant idea to have a pajama party and a lot of people are excited about it, but I want to make some handmade pajama pants and I need to find a good pattern for that. I know that in one of my pattern books, I have to have an easy pattern for drawstring pants. There just has to be in all of the different books I've got. There must be one easy drawstring pant pattern. So I'll have to look for that and let you know what I find. And I believe that that is all I've got going on in spinning my wheels. So this week in Put My Spin On It, I am continuing on with my little review of the five samples that I got in the Wisteria box. As I said, the Fiber Artist paint boxes from Spindies are no longer available, but all of the folks that contributed are still selling their fiber and doing wonderful work. So I wanted to give them ample time and the props that they deserved. So with this fiber, with all five samples, I spun them all on my Turkish spindle by hand. I really like doing the samples on the spindle because it seems like a more intimate, closer look at every draft and the fiber that you're working with as a whole. So I thoroughly enjoyed that. I spun them all the same, approximately the same weight, and I plied them all in the exact same manner. If you recall, I spun them all into singles, and then I used my ball winder to wind them all into center pull balls. I basically did a two-ply out of a single strand by winding them all into a ball with the two plies, like with the double ply held together. So it came off the ball as a two-ply, and I spun it up on the spindle. Well, that was really complicated explanation for something pretty simple. Anyway, I applied them all the same way after spinning them all the same way so that they would all have, so I'd have a balanced impression of each of the products. I don't have as much to say about the plying as I do the spinning because, I mean, my impression really of each sample stands about the same. 
the Wooly Bullies Merino spun up into a lovely, lofty, squishy, marshmallow, lovely yarn that I absolutely adore. She did a fantastic job prepping it, and it's just the lightest tint of pink over this beautiful white merino, and I really, really like that sample. That was the first one. The second one is, okay, I lost a card, so I'm totally, I'm not guessing. Okay, the second one is the Boho Knitter Chick sample. Now, let me tell you what I think about this one. She did a really great job in blending the sample that she put into this box. The overall yarn is super lovely, very squishy, and has this beautiful sheen from the blend that she included. Now, this is the one I can't find the card, so I can't exactly read to you what the the blends were, but it's lovely. I absolutely adore it. It's super pretty, and the pinks and purples and lavenders and whites just blend together so well, and I'm thoroughly going to enjoy knitting that little sample up. Next. Now, if you recall, the Fuzzy Bunny Fibers was the one that I was most impressed with, the level of saturation that there was in the little bat itself. There was no residual dye in the fiber, and it's the most saturated hand-painted yarn I've ever spun. This fiber is lovely, and when I soaked it and set the twist, it like completely retained all of the color. I loved all the samples, but this one, I must say, is my favorite. I was thoroughly prepared to lose some of the vibrance of the color in setting it and washing it, but I didn't. It's lovely, and I absolutely adore the final yarn. It's so bright and so lovely. Very lovely job, and I would definitely, definitely shop with her again. She did a great job. I love it. Next, the, I always say silver spun alpaca, and I really would like to apologize for that. Silver Sun Alpaca. So if you were looking for that last week off of what I said, I apologize. Silver Sun Alpaca. And Alpaca and I do not get along. However, the final product, like I was able to spin it. Just because we don't like each other doesn't mean that I wasn't able to spin it. It's a lovely yarn, beautiful colors, interesting contrast between the white and the lavender that she chose, and it spun up very nicely. I don't think I'll buy it just because I don't like Alpaca. However, well, it's alpaca merino and silk. However, the final yarn will work out nicely in my little sampler project that I have in the works. Next, the dragon's wool. The dragon's wool has a lot of sheen to the final product, but that I think is my, I liked all the samples, but that one I think is just my least favorite because the amount of schlub that I was not able to get out of the fiber as I was spinning it. I like the, the final color and the yarn is about equal quality but the schlubs were more apparent when I was plying it than when I was spinning it. I like it, but I would have liked it more if the BFL had had less schlubs in it. But it worked out nicely. And that, my friends, is what I have this week in Put My Spin On It. Now, the next five samples, I think, are going to be a little bit delayed because I'm going to spin those again on the spindle. And I think it's going to take me more than a week to spin them, probably two weeks. But in the interim, I believe I'm going to watch a DVD that I got for Christmas and when Carlin gets back in, I'm going to learn some new plying techniques and talk about that next week. Okay, it is time for the new segment that is yet to be named. Because of the pending deployment, I, I know I'm going to have to talk about my crafty plans and all the things I'm doing to get ready to go. 
So I'm going to give them their own little segment, but I really have absolutely no idea what I'm going to call it. So if you have any ideas, let me know. I know some of you find my little segment titles annoying, but if I don't title them, I will be completely disorganized, forget what I'm talking about, and not fit everything in every week. So this, this segment's going to have to get a title, and that's all there is to it. But this week, we'll go with the segment with no name, and I am going to answer some questions that I got after last week's episode and talk a bit about my crafty plans. Okay, the two biggest questions that I got are, will I have a mailing address, and how is the family going to do without me? We'll start with the hard one. Being away from my family for a year is probably going to be the hardest part of the entire deployment. I love my girls. I'm going to miss them terribly. You know that over the course of this podcast that they have brought me a great deal of joy, and they continue to do so every day. So being away from them is going to be really, really tough. There's going to be a lot of crying and some serious adjustment. And the nine-year-old will probably be mad at me for a very, very long time, even after I've returned. She just kind of holds grudges, and that's a part of her personality. But I could not be leaving them in a better place. We came to the St. Louis Metro East area almost three years ago when my husband's grandmother was not doing so well. So we brought our family here because this is where his entire family is from. Most military folks don't have that luxury, but literally every member of his family is within 20 miles of us. My mother-in-law lives two miles away. My brother-in-law and his wife live literally three doors down. We moved into the neighborhood that my husband was raised in and bought a house here. This is where we plan on returning to once I've retired from the military. Their life will stay the same. And my husband will have so much support from his family that I could not have picked a better place to leave them. And if we were someplace else in the world, he would probably move back here to be near his family. So I feel good that my kids and my husband will be spoiled rotten by their family while I am gone. So they'll be taken care of. It'll be an emotional roller coaster for all of us, but I think we'll get through. And in today's day and age, I mean, I should be able to connect with my family in one way or another via the interwebs, and I'll probably be crafting with them in mind while I'm gone. You know, making little trinkets and toys for the girls and things like that and sending them home. Love in the mail for them will be just as important as love in the mail for me. And that leads us into the next question. Yes, I will have a mailing address, and once I get closer, I'll figure out exactly what that is. And it's an APO address. And that means that despite the fact that I'm going to be in some foreign land in Southwest Asia, my mailing address will have a U.S. zip code, so it will cost no more to ship to me internationally than it would to ship something to me here at my house. I think the the zip code is probably in, like, New Jersey or something. So that makes it a lot easier for family and friends and folks to send stuff my way, and a lot less expensive for everybody that lives in the States. And love in the mail will definitely not be turned away. Getting Getting mail when you're in a location like that, is like Christmas every time a package comes in. It's one of my favorite things, and I have to, like, torture my mom to make sure she's sending me stuff. (laughs) Like, we're from Pennsylvania, and there's a lot of favorite items that I have that are made there. For example, Snyder's of Hanover pretzels are awesome, and it's a Pennsylvania product, and because they live in Pennsylvania, they have, like, the best variety in their grocery stores, So I always make my mom go and get me my favorite pretzels and send them to me because that's awesome and there's no way you can get those in a deployed location. Oh, and then another question that I got that I almost like skated over is some folks want to know a little bit more about what I'm going to be doing there. As you know, I work in public affairs and my primary role when I'm deployed is going to be to work media relations. As things change overseas, a lot of 
international media from all over the world have questions. They want to talk to soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines. They want to report on operations. They want to see the troops out in the field. And we'll be coordinating all those efforts from where I am at. And the location I'm going to, dramatic changes are afoot in a positive direction. So we should have quite a bit of reporting going on in that. So that's what I'll be doing. I'll have a desk job. I'll be answering lots of phones, working quite a bit over email, and occasionally assisting media members in getting into the country to report on the efforts. And that is all I have for my new segment. Oh, crud. I just keep, I keep coming up with all these little things. I wanted to talk a little bit about my crafty plans. I won't be able to take on any huge major projects, but the one thing that I'm planning on doing is hand piecing a quilt. I don't even know how to make a quilt at this, at this stage of the game, but I am going to, that's my plan. I would like to hand piece and hand quilt an entire quilt while I'm gone. I'll have like 365 days. That shouldn't be an impossible task with all that extra time I'll have on my hands. But so in preparation for that, I'm going to have to pick the pattern for the quilt and pretty much have all the pieces cut and ready to go when I depart and make sure I've got, you know, all the pins that I'll need, plenty of thread and all that stuff. And I should be able to pack that, well, the majority of that into like a Rubbermaid box a little bit bigger than a shoebox and take that with me. So that should be pretty cool. That is what I have planned for sewing while I am out. And hand piecing small projects. That's really where I'll go with that. So yeah, there definitely will not be any machine embroidery where I'm going. (laughs) So I'll miss my machine. Margot will have to sit here. So it looks like I'll have to make her uh, a little dust cover so that she stays in perfect working order while I am away. And that really is, is pretty much as far as I've gotten in my crafting planning. I was joking around on Twitter the other day after hearing Jasmine from the Knitmore Girls talk about the Hanson mini spinner, that maybe I should find a sugar daddy to buy me one of those (laughs) so I could take that along with me. I should have plenty of room in my stuff for a mini spinner. (laughs) I know, I'm crazy. Anyway, that's all I've got for this segment, and I will keep you informed as the weeks progress. Alrighty, it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. I wanted to take a minute to thank everybody for all of the messages of support that I received and all of the interaction that we've had over on the Ravelry thread about my pending deployment. You guys are awesome. I appreciate your support, and I hope that I can continue to stay entertaining while I am out and about in the world. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so very much. I also wanted to give a little shout out to Blue Eyed Cat for popping over to iTunes and giving me that review and to everybody who stopped in and giving me ratings. I really appreciate it. That's awesome. It makes me feel super good. And I also wanted to remind everybody that tomorrow is the last day to donate to the podcast and be entered into the January-February donation incentive drawing for the Handspun Yarn. Thanks to everybody who has already donated. I greatly appreciate that as well. Let me go back to my show notes and make sure that I haven't forgotten anything. All right. It looks like that is all I've got. This week's song is called The Day I Began by Elisa Marie. And as always, you can check the show notes and get all the details about this episode at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at ajoyfulgirlknits at gmail.com. You can catch me on Ravelry as a joyful girl or follow me on Twitter at a joyful girl made. Thanks again, guys. I will talk to you soon. I feel the earth beneath my feet.
Cause this is the day that I